I'm Jerry Willis. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, June 26, 2020. I'm Trey Inks. Workplaces are changing amid the coronavirus outbreak, and some may never be the same. People don't need to be in the office, whereas before they would have been thought of as essential office workers. So I think what we're going to see is that minimum 15% of every company remaining remote, and that's going to be either for safety reasons or for personal reasons. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Some areas of the United States have started to see people returning to workplaces, though many are working from home for the foreseeable future. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from business executive and author Jeannie Walden, starting first in France, where a new system to alert those who have been in contact with COVID-19 patients is not catching on well. According to reports, just 14 people received message alerts on their phones three weeks after the tracking app was launched. With many lockdowns lifted, the French are seeing a new spike in cases, though new deaths remain low. More than 160,000 French people have been infected since the outbreak began, and nearly 30,000 died. Now to Spain, where nearly a quarter million people tested positive for COVID-19 this year. The Spanish are also seeing a spike in new cases as lockdown measures are lifted. The government in Madrid extended lockdown measures six times before re-implementing a four-phase reopening. The government in Madrid extended lockdown measures six times before re-implementing a four-phase reopening. The toll on the economy, though, was significant. The Daily News notes that last April, Spain welcomed 7 million tourists who spent nearly $8 billion. This April, Spain welcomed zero tourists. Finally, in America, new spikes in COVID-19 cases are being reported in places like California, Florida, and Texas. Those three states account for more than a quarter of the U.S. population. This week, America hit its highest number of daily cases since the start of COVID-19, with more than 45,000 new cases in a single day. So how has this continued pandemic affected the way Americans are working? Coronavirus has really transformed the workplace as we know it. It it basically shattered it completely when we all had to quarantine. This is business executive and author Jeannie Walden. But it brought out of that some really fascinating insights and improvements to the way that companies view productivity and the work environment. What we started to see was the need for people to remain as productive as they had been in the office at home. A lot of companies were surprised to find out that many of their employees were more productive in a home environment where they could concentrate on the initiatives that they were working on. They could accomplish tasks during their own time. And a lot of companies really leaned into this. They started to create support programs and initiatives for the remote workers to the extent that as we're looking at coming back to work, the expectation is that at least 15% of the workforce will remain remote forever. It's it's really changed in a pretty significant fashion. Now that said, uh, a lot of companies are very cautious about returning to the workplace. Many have already delayed until mid-summer, but with its recent spike in cases, companies are also now re-delaying into timing around Labor Day for a lot of companies to start a very slow return back to the office with a huge focus on CDC guidelines around social distancing, PPE, and everything related to maintaining safety for health in the workplace. Certainly. And you talk about the fact that companies were surprised in many cases to find that workers could actually be more productive when they were at home and completing tasks on their own time. 
Do you get the sense that certain companies will have somewhat of a hybrid structure moving forward and identifying which departments can stay at home and be operating and then having others that do need to be in that workspace environment interacting face-to-face? Absolutely. I think businesses have started to look at productivity in a very different way than they had in the past. I mean, for many companies, overnight, they had to create digital capabilities and remote capabilities that they weren't prepared for. A friend of mine works for a company that processes insurance claims, and when the quarantine happened, they had to figure out how to get the mail that was physically mailed into their offices scanned in so that their team could process, you know, the the claims that came in. Um, That was a structure that they hadn't set up. So over the last few months, they've not only set it up, but they've created these accelerated digital efficiencies that they didn't expect to have so quickly. And that's really changing how they perceive going back to work because now these people don't need to be in the office, whereas before they would have been thought of as essential office workers. So I think what we're going to see is that minimum 15% of every company remaining remote. And that's going to be either for safety reasons or for personal reasons. It creates a better work environment for people that are taking care of young children, adults in the household. The pros and cons, though, what do you see as the pros and cons of this at least 15% of the workforce working from home setup? We're seeing pros for both employees and employers. So from an employer standpoint, they're seeing much higher levels of employee satisfaction, so reduced turnover, which is great. Employers are also seeing a reduced need for office space expansion, which helps the bottom line for many companies, also great. The employees themselves are happier with a company, happier with their role because they can choose when and how to spend their time. They're also becoming more disciplined around their spending. Expenses needed for transportation back and forth to work are eliminated. Therefore, it's more disposable income that they can invest in savings or back into their family and their personal needs. On the con side of the house, you know, there are some challenges. Onboarding new employees and training time for a new employee is definitely one of them. You know, at Daily Pay, we brought on a number of people during the pandemic quarantine timeframe. And what we've seen is about a two to three time increase in the length of time needed to get a new employee acclimated and trained for their role because they can't turn to their left or turn to their right and ask a question, you know, you've got to have a much more organized set of communications. And also certainly um, mental health issues with employees who are being required to work from home and losing out on that social contact in the cases where they do live alone or don't have the ability to interact socially with anybody else are causing rises in some of the claims being made for employers. So there are both pros and cons. I think a lot of companies are looking at working that out to figure out what the employee choice is. And what we are seeing across the board is a lot of companies are asking their employees who's interested in coming back to work. And they're seeing three levels. People who say, you know, I never want to come back to work again. I'm much more productive here. I have personal reasons. Second are people who are concerned from a health and safety standpoint that are saying, hey, I'd love to come back to work, probably not five days a week. Um, you know, maybe two to three days a week. And that third group is saying, 
you know, I want to come back to work when it's safe. I don't want to be the first people on public transportation. I don't want to be that first group that's taking the subway again. But, you know, talk to me when the second or third wave comes in. So there's a lot of logistics and organization that's happening in the workplace. Uh, it's a nice, nice benefit for both employees and employers to get to work through. You've been listening to business executive and author Jeannie Walden. We'll be right back. At the executive level, talking about business travel, I mean, this is something that the corporate world knows a lot about, especially when you're talking about big cities, Los Angeles, New York, even Washington. There are many people who are traveling multiple times a week for work, and now we're seeing so much of those meetings and so many of those interactions shifting to an online to an online environment. Do you see this as almost an equalizing factor in the way that corporations and at that executive level have to work because everyone's on the same page. No one can travel and everyone has to adjust in that same corporate environment. You're exactly right. I think with the mandate that nobody can travel, it did equalize it. And I also think there's a really fascinating benefit that's come out of it that's created more opportunities for business development and for just business in general. Before COVID, when we could all travel, when you are either going to meet with a new prospect or going to a large event, networking with people, um, you were simply showing up at a location, whatever you chose to wear, suit or not, and you were your name, the company that you work for, and your title. There was nothing personal about you. So all of those relationships were built on a very structured business standpoint. Now that we've been forced to do these business engagements from home, you're seeing inside people's homes and inside their personality. So no longer are you Jeannie Walden, Chief Innovation Officer at Daily Pay, but you're Jeannie Walden who lives at the beach in New Jersey, who has two bunnies, you know, and I am now talking to somebody else and I understand more about them. And what we've seen as a result are increases in connections on a personal standpoint, colleges that people went to, kids that people have, um, different ages, you know, animals and pets that that people enjoy, and really just decorations from the home. Um, And that's creating new reasons to connect on a much tighter level. So the relationships that are coming out of this are tending to be stronger, which is something that we're going to be watching for probably the next six months to a year to see if these business relationships end up being more profitable and, you know, just better overall from a quality standpoint. This could end up being a really good way to do business. And I expect that what we've started to call micro events will stick around forever. Um, we're, we're not expecting trade shows and a lot of large company events to pick back up again into end of Q1 of next year. Um, People are very concerned about safety. There's a lot of travel bans through the end of this year. So everybody's really looking into end of Q1 and end of Q2 to start getting back into the hardcore road warrior business travel. I'm not sure it's ever going to be where it was in the past. Absolutely. It's a really interesting point that you bring up, that this is actually taking people outside their comfort zones in a way that whether they like it or not, they're sharing more information with coworkers because, like you said, these Zoom meetings and other ways to communicate are virtual and they do bring people into your homes and takes you to a different level of those inter-office relationships. Finally, I did want to ask you about micro events and where you see things panning out a year from now. 
you have this situation where people are developing stronger relationships because they have to in order to continue operating in these workplace environments. How do you feel that once people are able to go back into the office and are able to attend events, things are going to be different because they have developed those relationships? Where do you feel that this will actually grow businesses and increase profitability? So I think that as events and business travel start to return, what you're going to see is a big focus on experiences over mass events. Uh, Starting with the micro events that we have now, and we're starting to see these work very well uh, as we're starting to return back into more of a hybrid working environment where you've got a small team of people locally and then you're having an online event to broaden the outreach. What I can tell you is with some of the trade shows that would have been in person, the daily pay would have sponsored or attended. Um, When we've done them in this hybrid format and we've done them remotely, the attendance for the sessions that we speak at have been, I would say, about 10 times larger than the attendance that we would expect if those events were solely in person. And I think that that's something that everyone in the business world has caught on to. Now, instead of presenting physically in Las Vegas in a conference center and having 500 people in your audience, you're presenting virtually or even hybrid. You're having 50 people locally, but then you're having 5,000 in an audience. Um, Makes for much more business opportunity than just the in-person alone. So I think that the smart companies realize this and they are planning for a future of these continuous hybrid events. So a year from now, two years from now, the smarter businesses and the smart teams are going to focus on events that are more experiential for the smaller local initiatives. There's been a huge rise in let a chef host an online cooking event where you're invitees and possibly someone else in the household can cook along with a team all the way up to, you know, do an online painting session with us where we can all paint a mural together and learn how to paint into those hybrid events and just the online presentations. I think that's going to continue for two reasons. One, there is that business aspect of it where it it just makes more sense. There's more business connection opportunities when you have a significantly larger audience. But secondarily, we also have the reality of a millennial-driven workforce now. And with millennials who grew up expecting experiences in everything that they're involved in, they're going to expect that the events be experiential as well. So everything from cooking to painting to just a virtual trade show where you can almost use VR or AR and walk into a digital room and press something are are really going to take off. I think it's going to be exciting from a digital transformation standpoint. And a lot of these technologies like VR that we've been talking about for years are going to have their opportunity to prove themselves next year. Certainly. Really appreciate your insight on this topic during this unique time for everyone in the workforce, business executive and author, Jeannie Walden. Jeannie, thank you again for your time. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.